Hi there. Welcome to another episode of Bench Talk. I'm your host, Tom Gerrard. This week, I'm fortunate to sit down with an old friend of mine from London, uh, Mysterious L. Uh, I haven't seen him for a long time, and uh, it was really good to catch up. Um, uh, L was painting in London around the early 2000s. It was a, during the era that street art was uh, really just developing. Um, it was uh, really good to chat, sit down with him and chat about this uh, this era. It was a really exciting time to be in London. Uh, we are both living over there at the same time, and um, it was really good to chat to him about it. He's now putting a lot of focus into his fine art uh, and he's producing some really beautiful work. He's uh, basing a lot of his his uh, work these days off off masks and, um, yeah, look him up online. It's uh, really, really interesting. I also wanted to thank all the people that have been rating and reviewing the podcast on iTunes. Uh, it really makes a big difference to um, letting people know about, about Bench Talk. So if you haven't done it yet, uh, I'd appreciate it if you, you could do it. It's a bit of a... Um, annoying procedure trying to work out how to do it on iTunes. I haven't made it easy, but uh but um yeah, I'd appreciate it. Also the the best way to keep up to date with the the podcast is to um subscribe to it on the iTunes app on your phone. Uh that way uh each week the podcast will automatically appear on your phone and you uh don't have to search for it or remember to look uh to listen to it. Uh without further ado, here's my uh interview with Mysterious L. I hope you enjoy it. How you going, Al? Alright, mate. How are you? Yeah, good, thanks. It's all very official. Oh, well, you know, <laughs> I try. I try to have it pretty cash, but I don't know. Dude, I'm very happy to be here. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, no worries. Um, so yeah, I was. Uh, I haven't seen you in what eight years, something like that, seven years. But uh, bumped into you last night at um, at, at Roan's show. Yes, yes, indeed. That was bloody awesome, wasn't it? Unbelievable, mate. Unbelievable. I mean, yeah, we we could probably talk about that show all night, but yeah. we won't. Um, yeah. In insane levels raised, P- possibly one of the best shows I think I've ever seen. Yeah. I mean, just in terms of the space, the work, the way that the space and the work were united, it was incredible, dude. Absolutely yeah. incredible. Yeah. He smashed it. He did. I was pretty impressed. I was excited about it all week. I, you know, yeah. Fin- I was, couldn't wait to finish work on Friday and get down there. His shows are always something to look forward to. I think I think the whole of Melbourne looks forward to them. Yeah. And uh, and he he's continually raising the bar with his with his shows and with his work and such a humble dude. Everybody likes him. Yeah. Yeah. It was it was it was a ama- I think if I think if anyone else had been offered that space, they would have bottled it. It would have been impossible. To, to have done what he what he got done, you know, and it was just in, insane, absolutely insane. And now now they're going to put it down. Can you yeah. believe it? Yeah. For more flats. Is that what it's going to be? Probably, flats? dude. Yeah. That's what everything is I these know. days, isn't it? I know. They tore down the pub at the end of the street the other day, and I bet you they're building flats there. What, what's the point in flats when there's no pub to go to? So, yeah, I don't, I don't get it. But Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, did, uh, speaking of good shows, though, did you, go, did you see Ghost Patrol's show last week? No. Man, that was another one that like it was pretty epic. Where was that? At backwards? No, it was in uh, in Coburg, out, oh. out, out at like um near Batman Station. That's why I didn't see it. Yeah. Yeah, it's I'd, a bit of a mission. I don't go that far out. Oh man, you're already on the right side of town. You know, yeah, you've right. got no excuse. I, sh- I should have done. I didn't even know about it to be honest. Yeah, it was awesome. Like it, he had a um 
a, like a big warehouse space yeah. and he um he built a replica of uh, Matisse's chapel in France no, like with out of but out of cardboard brilliant and then it was like really like robust cardboard and he actually hung the show within the chapel so you walk into this cardboard chapel and uh his show was in that damn and um like I've been to the the actual chapel in in France and he replicated yeah. and he he nailed it we put the stained glass windows in there and had a light shining through and that's all all no part way. of the effect and everything fuck dude how did I not hear about that that yeah, sounds great I think it's it's open again I think it closes tomorrow shit man if you got if you got nothing going on tomorrow all right put, I'll try. I'll, I'll I'll have a look. Let's see if I can make it because that does that does sound good. Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely worth seeing. Like I think like after going to that the Ghost Patrol show and then seeing Roan's show last night, I think it's um gonna really raise the bar for a lot of Melbourne artists. So, um, you know, like pe- people think oh, I've got I've got an exhibition and 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 just hang some pictures around the gallery and that's it. But like I, after seeing what those guys did, I, I'm I'm really excited to see. What it, what it forces the rest of the scene to do. I mean, I'm excited by people um, not doing stuff in galleries anymore. I yeah. mean, that, that's that's what I always like about what uh, what Roan does. You know, he likes to have shows in places where nobody else has ever had a show. Yeah. And, you know, I think, uh, you know, more and more people are doing that now, like, especially with, you know, social media and, you know, getting a, a little following it's the the kind of the traditional gallery model is 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 changing it's it's kind of fucked isn't it everything's being disrupted these days yeah and so you know you can just do a pop-up in a in a space that's not a traditional gallery space yeah and you can still promote it yourself you know Mm. and and get it done rather than relying on a gallery getting people through the door yeah you know you you can sort of start to do that yourself now and do like a show in a warehouse in Coburg or in an abandoned theatre you know yeah. Which is great. It's exciting, I think. Yeah, I agree. Like I was I was looking at um some gallery spaces the other week and I was like blown away at the prices, mm-hmm. you know, for like a room like as big as this room we're in. They're asking for like nine hundred and fifty bucks and then they'll uh then they'll take fifty percent commission yeah, on your ridiculous. sales and it's like, hang on, try, yeah, trying to like live as an artist here. Yeah, it's know. ridiculous, dude. It really is. <laughs> you, you you can you can do you can do way better on your own, I think. Yeah. It's it's just a bit more work, but yeah. it's it's gotta be worth it. Yeah. I was thinking as you know, you could rent a house or something. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> why not? <laughs> short short tenancy, you know. Get, yeah, why get, not? Find, find a good Airbnb, put do, it on a show. Do an old shop front or something, get some yeah. some crappy shop and just do it in that. Yeah, yeah. I think it's uh yeah, it's it's good to think about that type of stuff. But um but anyway, enough about uh, everyone else. Yeah. I'm here to talk to you and find out a bit more about about you and right. your career. But um like I I first met you in in London in 2001 or 2. Yeah. And that was um that was a really interesting time. It was for, an amazing time. For like um well street art and and just art as well like I was discovering a, a lot um you know, to do with street art, and then, and then, like, I had my first show with you at that um, Finders Keepers show, which you actually it. put on. Yeah, like, um, that was know, incredible. That show. Yeah. How how did that come about? Like that because that was like you, D Face, and PMH. Is that right? Yeah, and Dave the Chimp. Dave the Chimp. So there were four yeah. of us doing it. Um, how did it come about? It's it's in in retrospect, thinking about back about it now, I don't know how we managed it because you got to remember. I think I think it was 2003 or 4 2004 I think we did the first one I can't really remember but we uh, there was no, no it was, two th- it was 2000 and 
uh, two. Was it? Yeah, because I, I, I was part of it, and I, I know where I was over in years. Okay, well, I'm glad was, you remember. Yeah, I was, was definitely there in London at that that time, and that's it was, when I was. Yeah. We we had there was no such thing as social media. I don't think. No, like there, I don't even think there was MySpace back then. No, I remember having to get a friend who knew how to use a computer to set me up with an email address so Amazing. I could keep in contact with my family. Like we we <laughs> had an email address. Like I yeah. think we had a Hotmail address. Yeah. Um, which we got people, we, I don't know how we got people's email addresses. We got people to email this address and then we would set, you know, we did illegal street gallery shows. No galleries wanted to show us, um, which is ironic now considering D-Face is one of the biggest artists in the world. You know, mm. he's got galleries literally kicking his door down, trying to get him to show with them. And, um, you know, but back then, like, no one was interested at no. all. And so we we just took matters into our own hands. And the first show, I think you remember, we we found a completely disused shop front in East London. And um, we found a bunch of artists uh, that were friends of ours. I think there was about 12 of us. And then we, um, and then, you know, we made work on trash. We found old pizza, pizza boxes and lumps of wood in the street, just any old shit. And you know, turn them into artworks, <clears throat> and then and then we nailed them all to the front of this shop and and had a party. Yeah. And and we did it by email. People would email this this fucking hotmail address, and then we would send out like the details of where it was going to be. You know, two hours before the show started. Yeah. And people would turn up and just just bang their work up on the wall, and then we we just get beers from the off license, and just drink them in the streets and. It was incredible, dude. It, like no one got arrested. It no. all worked. I don't think anyone did. I, I just remember it being a massive street party. Like it, it was. It was so many people. Yeah, there. I it mean, was... hundreds of people turned up. Yeah, you know, like I can't get that many people to one of my shows now. <laughs> There's no fucking way, you know. Yeah. And the beers for a like, I give beer away for free now, and, and and I can't get that many people. Yeah, it was just a, a super new, exciting time, you know, like. Street art was was brand new. Like it, I don't even think it was called street art then. No. You know, it was like we didn't know what it was. Like we knew it wasn't graffiti, and we knew it wasn't like gallery art. So it was kind of something in between, and it was it was magical, man. Like it really was. And and so many like people that have gone on to be massive, you know, were, were part of that show and, and part of subsequent shows. Yeah. You know, London Police were, were in that show. Um, I remember Garrett when he was in, in London Police, he was over for it, and it was it was just totally incredible. Yeah, I was talking to Matt Sewell um, on a previous podcast about it because that's a like he's a really close friend of mine, and that was a, the the I met him at that show, mm. and I'd never seen his artwork before, and I saw that and I was like, man, this guy's really good. Matt Sewell <laughs> is an absolute legend, mm. and his his artwork's always been fantastic. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and, and yeah, as you say, like back then it was it was mind blowing, you know, like all the scroll guys were were incredible, like yeah. absolutely brilliant. I mean they still are, but but it was mm. it was so exciting and new back then, you know. I'd never seen anything anything like his stuff. Yeah. Do you know, do you know something weird about that show as well? That I um I remember painting for it when I was in um I was I was living in a refugee home. <laughs> brilliant. <laughs> Of course, <laughs> in uh, in London, I'd overstayed my welcome, and I, I answered a, an ad on a milk bar window, yeah. looking for somewhere to live, and I moved in, and then um, and there was no one in there, and I thought, oh, cool, I've got this like, you know, fifteen room house to myself, and then within the week, 
like everyone moved in and it turned out it was a refugee home and I got the spare room. Brilliant. And um, yeah, it was, it was pretty... Uh, Where similar. was that? That was in um, Swiss Cottage. No way. So it was all like real fancy houses everywhere, but yeah. ours was like the house with the pigeons on the roof. Brilliant, you know? like the young one's house. Yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, but I remember like uh, there were lots of fights broke out in there and um, like immigration will come in and drag people out in the middle of the night and stuff. It was pretty Dude, crazy. that's as real as it gets. Yeah. But I remember actually making the pieces for that show in that house um, in the backyard, like spraying stencils and stuff like that. But then um, someone sent me a photo like about a year ago of they go I've still got this and it was one of the pieces from that show see that's (laughs) and dude out of all these things that that's that's one of the things that I like the most because Mm. at the end of the events we gave away all the work for free yeah and um and you know to have a piece of your art on somebody's wall regardless of who that person is that person likes it enough to display it and look at it every day that is fucking cool man like that's that's one of my absolute favorite things about being an artist you know i'm i'm so flattered and 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 happy and 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 fucking quite moved you know when when people choose to live with a piece of my work you know yeah and 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 it's it is great as well that you know because obviously back then um you know with no social media or anything it just go the the work would just go into the unknown you know yeah and i've since seen a lot of those pieces resurfacing on you know uh, auction websites on eBay and stuff like that. A lot of it pops up, you know. Um, uh, you know, and I've got a few pieces myself of people's work from over the years from the different finders keepers shows, and and uh, you know, obviously, like as artists, we'd all trade work with each other anyway. But it is cool to, you know, when it kind of comes around again and, and you find out about that person that's been living with it for all these years, and you're just like, wow, shit, you know, I drew that on the back of some fucking hubcap that I found in the street and someone's been treasuring it you know yeah like yeah and it's, you know 20 minutes before you found it like a tramp probably pissed on it you know I mean, it's just <laughs> literally some piece of rubbish yeah and it turns into treasure so yeah. cool I've still got like a, a lot of stuff from that time yeah I've, I've still got, got all of it actually I've got like stuff but from you I've got lots of deface stuff I've even got like Banksy stuff from back then amazing like man. like just stupid things like not like they're, they're like stupid things like yeah, I remember he t- he did like whiteout tags on like a whole deck of like playing cards. Oh like yeah, the yeah. Ones. That was like, for his oh. Santa's ghetto. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. Got a whole bunch of them and just like other stuff. But um, but yeah, I, I've held on to all that, all that. Like I've, I've yeah, I've got I've culled so much, so many possessions out of my life from traveling and just like it's all just dead weight. But all anything art related. I've, I've always held on to it. I've, all photos and everything oh like man like yeah like old photo, like printed yeah. out photos yeah. in, in those like uh, in those Muji photo cases I've got a bunch of those like with, with walls and stuff and then mm. black books full of like fucking drunken scrawls from it's it was like a who's who of, of everybody in the scene wasn't it yeah because we were all together the whole time just drinking and and, yeah. and, and just, it was just it was amazing man yeah but it was it was weird to see what it's become as well because that was um like I find that that street art is very American based and London based for that era, that early boom of it. Mm-hmm. Like, and then it hit Australia, and then it, it hit a lot of a lot of Europe as well. But um, like my memories and my association with it, I remember, you know, you had Shepard Fairley and all those guys over in in the states, and then you had um, like a lot of people in the UK doing it, and and then there was like you know, and then within the, a year or two after that, you had. Um, what was that dude that did the hand in um, 
Le Mano, was it? In, uh, in oh, yeah, uh, El Mano, yeah, 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 yeah. in Barcelona. In Barcelona. Yeah, but he I mean, was also like smashing trains and all that, but he was like street artist. And, I mean, you know. I remember that, that's still one of my favorite throw ups of all time. Yeah, yeah, you know, like that thing was everywhere. Yeah, and we were like, I mean, I remember when we went to Barcelona because we'd go there all the time, you know. Like, yeah. I think if you booked in advance, you could get a flight from london to, to barcelona for about 15 quid mm. you know and so we go we go like three or four times a year at least probably more than that yeah and just paint and drink you know drink street beers and, and paint walls i mean it was incredible we, we did a finest keepers there we were always there and um you know and i used to see that hand thing everywhere you know and um and i got a t-shirt somewhere i remember there was like some sort of graph shop you know that would sell like his teas didn't even know what it was but it was just all over the place Really, really cool. Like it was, it was an amazing time, yeah. man. Yeah, one of those, one of the first, uh, um, like official exhibitions I remember from that era. Like there was all there was. was I think it was just before the um, the Dragon Bar started putting on shows, but there was a, the one you guys did at Jaguar Shoes. Yes, that was uh, that was pretty iconic. Yeah, that was huge. I remember. Um, yeah, I mean Jaguar Shoes was uh, a bar uh, in East London. Before, way before, like uh, it, you know, Shoreditch became like the epicenter of cool. There were a couple of good bars that we could go to. The Dragon Bar was one. Jaguar Shoes was another, and they would have guest artists in um, every month or two to just do whatever they wanted to the bar, like completely repaint it, put installations in there. They would like Nick, who owned the bar, was just super down with us doing anything. So I think we we painted the bar a couple of times, I think, and um, uh, you know, we drink there all the time anyway. And so we could just basically paint the walls and then sit underneath them and get drunk. And yeah, yeah we did that show. We did a Finders Keepers show there. I don't even think there are any pieces in the show. I think we just painted the walls. We, we covered them in wood, didn't we? And then painted them. No, I can't remember. There was, one, there was definitely one there where there was a lot of pieces in there. Like it was an actual like proper exhibition. I remember like... Dude, it's so long ago. Yeah, yeah. Oh, downstairs. Yeah, 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 I remember that. Yeah, yeah. And then there was a Halloween party as well. And I remember... Um, my wife Claire got all dressed up in like Halloween gear and um, I, I refused, to, I wasn't big on dressing up and we got there and it was her and Dave the chimp were the only people dressed up and, she, oh, <laughs> and, chimp, and Dave was in like an actual chimp's outfit running around and it's like, yeah, Claire luckily uh, he, he cha- probably, got he, changed. He, he would have been in his chimp's outfit anywhere though, man. anyway. Like, yeah. yeah. No, yeah. it was, it was, re- it was really good, dude. It was, um, it was, it was a super proactive time with everybody encouraging each other mm. and, uh, and and a real sense of community it was it was cool yeah I loved it was. it it was so go, going going back even further like like what what got you into art in the first place um i've just always been into it yeah it's all it's always been that thing that i did mm. you know um right I, like i can remember being a kid like drawing always loved drawing always loved Make junk modeling, you know, like building stuff out of out of old fucking soap bottles and and cereal boxes and stuff like that. Did you, did you used to do that? You'd like, nah. oh man, like I'd I'd make get an egg box and cut it up and get a cereal box and turn it into a robot. And, and even now, like when I finish the the washing up liquid bottle, I do look at it and think that'd make a really cool launch module for like a, a rocket ship or something. And then I just put it in the recycling. Yeah. But I do, I've still got it in me somewhere, you know, like, so, so right since um, I was a kid, you know, I remember my, my parents would always like encourage me to draw and, and, and paint and make stuff. Um, 
And, you know, at school, like all the way through school, like I, I just was never interested in doing anything else. So it just, it always felt like that thing that was, that was like my thing, you know, was, was making art and, and being creative and drawing stuff and doing everything else. So, so it, was, it was just always quite intrinsic to me, really. It was no, I never questioned it. Yeah. And like, where did the name Mysterious L come from? It's the shittiest story ever. Do you remember? Do you I, remember I want to that? hear it. I've um, never it heard was, it. I'll, it was, I don't know. It was, uh, it was when I was leaving to go to university, which was probably in like, I think it was 97, and um, I needed an email address for Hotmail. And I wanted Notorious Owl, like the Notorious B.I.G., but it was already gone. So uh, the next thing that I thought of was Mysterious Owl. And that's it. That yeah. is fucking it, dude. It is nothing more exciting. It's so dull. And then, yeah, Mysterious Owl, man. It kind of stuck. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a long shit name. It's a pain. Like, if you, like I, could never, I could never put it up as a tag. It's 12 letters. Yeah. It takes ages, <laughs> you know? And, like, there's complicated shit letters in there that look rubbish as well. Yeah. So it was, it was terrible as, like, a sort of street name or anything. But it's quite funny, I suppose. So I just held on to it. Yeah. But I guess instead of doing tags, you're always, like, you're up with, like, your iconic characters that was stuff. it it was all always about the characters for me yeah but it's, i was thinking about it today actually and um like knowing i was going to chat to you like i was thinking about where the the stuff you did when i first met you and what you've done through the throughout the years yeah and um and although you've changed mediums and like changed styles a bit and 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 worked with lots of different uh ways of, of doing your artwork it's always you can always tell that it's being done by you that's cool that's good yeah. to know like that, that that's the thing like I, you know you, you've got to find you've got to find your style you know you've got to find mm. like a you, you, you have like your signature you have you have your thing that that, that you can own you know yeah. and, and, that, and that nobody else can do and I think that's really important to have and like um, you know it, especially you look at artists like Lister you know he can paint anything he wants you know you can say to him oh paint like a fucking guy dressed like a crocodile or paint like some dude having a fight or jerking or like anything he'll draw anything and you can tell it's him because his style is it's so him you know like he, he it's it's just so personal it's just it, it's just an extension of, of of him and and you know that's um you know i think that's important to notice in any artist you know and and, and i think that 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 can never kind of look too forced you know it's got to kind of feel natural and so I'm, I'm, I'm glad that you think that, man. Yeah. Because even, you know, you know like, I, I remember the character, remember that record shop you painted in... Deal um, Real. Yeah, Deal in, uh, in just off Carnaby Street. Yeah, that was, yeah. And, like, I was thinking back to those characters back then and the things that used to appear on Worcester Collective and all that. And then and then also thinking about the the work you did with the photographic work yeah. where you'd paint on the, 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 the photos... And then even the stuff you're doing now, which is a bit more um, like collagey almost, but it's all you can all tell it's all been done by you. That's cool. That, yeah. that that's really good. I mean, like I don't know, like my my kind of like there was always there was always a bit of a separation for me between my paintings and my illustration work because I, I worked as an illustrator for for many years back in the day. Um, and you know, I had I, I was very lucky to get some like commercial opportunities and stuff, and and I did you know bits and pieces of commercial work which paid the bills, and I did screen prints and things like that. But I always found it really difficult. I couldn't copy that into paintings, you know. It 
it kind of it lent itself quite well to painting on the street because you could go big um but when it came to actually painting stuff smaller like it never really worked you know and the, the, and it was back in the day when everyone was doing posca outlines you know and like sort of white characters with with posca outlines and stuff like that um so it, it just never really quite sort of connected for me and and as a result most of my work ended up being digital like uh, i got really into like animation when i was sort of in my early 20s and my website just had shitloads of flash animation all over it you know and it, and it, uh, and it was great like mm. and I, I really enjoyed it um but now these days i'm, I'm just kind of I've, i always wanted to be a painter and so my work now is i'm trying to get it more painterly and i'm also trying to leave technology out of my work altogether you know, I don't want to use a computer at all anymore, and and so and so it's very um it's a very sort of uh um it's a it's a very considered move that I'm trying to make that I'm 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 really starting to uh, try and keep everything analog, you know, yeah. and 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 even try and not use spray paint so much anymore, you mm. know, like I'm trying to like actually use a brush and it's a lot more peaceful and you don't need good ventilation, you know, and I'm just mellowing out a bit in my old age basically. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I did, I did always think that about you. When you know, I, it took me years to even get a job. Well, I, I remember even studying to be to do graphic design. And when I started studying, I'd never even sat down at a computer and opened up any um, Adobe package or anything like that. But I remember spending years with you before that, and, and you were uh, always like right up on it. Like, like I look at your website, and it's like, man, look, you know, all all the color palettes were real bang on, and yeah, man, and uh, and you know, everything was moving, and yeah. it's like, how the hell did you do that? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, like, I, I just, dude, I was just all like, I'm a nerd. I was just always really, it yeah. really in, into the computer. I just loved it, yeah. and you know, um, it, it just, it just, I, I just got a grip of it like quickly mm. it just came really naturally like uh i found drawing on the computer really easy mm. you know you can undo stuff if it doesn't work yeah it's really easy to like tighten up your lines and stuff so that was then like now it's kind of going completely the other way you know like yeah. i've been using computers for so many years now that i'm just kind of i'm just bored of them you know yeah. and, and we're spending so much time you know looking at screens oh man that i'm Sorry. trying to really like really proactively not yeah, use a computer in my work. Yeah, I cut down my screen time big time. Like I'm like I, like I'm. Oh, I just try to. I just be aware of it. Like if I've got to look at a computer for work, you know, that's that. But like outside of that, I'll um, I'll I'll just try not to look at a computer. Uh, like I'll, or and, but not just that, but not watch TV, not look at my phone, not like it's just it's screen time. It's that backlit thing, and I finally, if I'm um, you know, sitting next to my wife and she's on her phone or whatever, it like just seeing her light will like burn my eyes yeah, almost dude, it's it, like get that fucking thing away from well, me they're, they're, like, like, they're only realizing now that it's <laughs> it is bad for you man and, yeah. and that you know they're doing all these studies and they're like finding out that you know the 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 white light and you know it's bad for like it, it upsets your sleep and stuff and yeah. you're not supposed to oh, yeah. use your phone before but like i fuck it i'm always looking at a screen yeah. and the only time that i'm not is when i'm doing my when i'm painting yeah and so that is like you know, it's a real, it's a real nice time for me. It's almost like mm. a kind of, med I go into an almost a kind of meditative, med meditative state, you know, yeah. like it's, it's, you know, it's a bit of personal time when I can just relax and, mm. and, and do something else. Yeah. Like you, you, you know, you've worked with a lot of different mediums over the years and you were saying that you, like right now you're loving using a brush and everything. 
like what's what's your favorite medium like overall like not not just right now but like throughout your career what's the your favorite medium that you've used I mean, I've got to say, when I first started using the computer, everything that we've just said about screens, <laughs> when I first started using the computer, dude, it was it was like amazing because I just felt like there was a whole new world in front of me, you know? Yeah. Animating stuff like really easily was great. Um, you know, I could come home from the pub and work in my bedroom in the warm, you know, uh, without like having to go out or anything. And that was great. Cups of tea and just drawing and animating stuff. And it was, it was, it was really, really awesome. Uh, I love the immediacy of that too. That was re- that was really cool because I'm quite impatient and I work really fast. Um, so I'd say overall, because I spent the longest amount of time doing that and obviously doing paid illustration work, I just became really, really good at using the computer and using Flash and stuff. Um, so overall, I'd say it was that. But right now, I'm I'm looking forward to many, many years ahead of, of, of trying not to use computers at all if mm-hmm. I can. Yeah, how how are you going with with using a brush? You, you... I love it, Matt. Well, it's it's all about using a brush like in the right way. Yeah. You know? So it's kind of like um, you know, I, like I'm not a very good painter, mm. and so I you know I I just steer completely away from like doing anything that's technically difficult to do. You know, a chimp could paint paintings the way that I paint them. Uh, it's it, like a lot of a, a lot of my paintings look like they've been painted by an elephant anyway. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> but it's it's just it is literally just finding um, finding a way to do something that that works for you. Yeah. And so for me, like everything's really solid. You know, there's like there's drips and everything. You know, it's just it, it's like flat colours everywhere, and and it's easy and it works. And you know, and it's about putting the right colours together and 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 trying to keep energy like in a piece. You know, it's it's. I don't like it when things look forced. I don't like it when something looks like it's taken a long time and it's just, it stresses me out to look at it, you know? Yeah. But whereas when something looks natural and looks like it is an extension of, of, of the artist, you know, that's something that I like and, and that's something that I'm kind of striving towards with painting. Mm. And I'm doing it in such a way that it's quick and easy and if I make a mistake, nobody will know. Yeah. Basically. Yeah, because... I- I've found like I've I've done a few paintings where I've tried to paint like really perfectly, mm. and oh, it's done my head in. Dude, and I know it's not me because it's not me. It's not me in life, no. you know. No, same. It's like uh, you know, I'm, I'm like I'm left-handed, like sloppy. Yeah. Like even after years of using a spray can, like I just get drips all over the place, and it's just like I'm, I'm happy with it. I don't You've mind got it. to embrace that. <laughs> You've got to embrace that. You know, like it's. Yeah. If you, you know, yeah, I mean, there are, you know, I see guys painting incredible outlines, you know, like rock steady, like hands and, you know, like mm. painting straight lines and stuff. None of that for me. It's all yeah. over the place. Yeah. Yeah. I think you've got to, um, you know, play your strengths, you know, like for me, uh, for instance, I, I, I can paint a lot. Well, I get a better look that I'm, I'm happier with, like outlining with um, like an export. Than I oh, would, right, than I really? would with like a Montana or something really? like that. Yeah, what? And just because you're used to it. Yeah, and there's a certain look that I like to get as well. Like I, you know, I I can do like a re- like use the the thick side of the chisel and just get a really like like really nice double thickness line. That if I did two lines, I would never be right. perfect. Yeah, and then um, I also like to put the paper under the cap. 
and then and then you you can draw like like a um, skinny. But it's, oh right! But it also it gets this um this splattery overspray around it as well, so the line looks blurred almost. Yeah, okay, so, I get you. Yeah, and I, I just like it. And if, if I do um if I if I get like a, a Belton or something or an iron lac, and I'll I'll do the same piece, but it just wouldn't have the same vibe. Yeah, it's it, you know? I know what you mean. So, so when you embrace something, there's a, there's a real charm about something, right? Yeah. That, that that gets lost. Yeah. Like people say, like I don't know, I go out painting with writers and 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 they just say I'm crazy. <laughs> you know, what, the, what the fuck are you doing? What are you using that thing for? And then, then other people who you know who like like guys come up to me like thinking I'm like I just don't have the materials and they're going oh here man here's a can of black for you. It's like no nah, mate I'm all right with this and they're like no nah, you can't use that. Oh, and other people that are precious over their walls, it's like oh look yeah you know, I don't want any of that crap on on this wall and it's like no nah, man like. I think it was. Let me, um, let me let me do me, you know. Do, yeah, but, but that's that's funny, isn't it? And like, especially like within graffiti and this whole sort of anti-graph mm. like style that's happening, that kind of Euro thing mm. at the moment, where everybody's just using stock caps. Mm. Everybody, there's no cutbacks or anything like that anymore. Yeah. You know, it's it's. I love it. It's it's mad seeing it all come around. I remember um, back in the day, like when Fortress, uh, you know, he used to like he got so good at painting that he was just like wanted to challenge himself and he'd just paint with with stock caps wouldn't he and he'd just be like using car paint yeah and yeah. still burning everybody you know like he'd, yeah. he'd do a piece with dregs and it was better than everybody else's yeah so um yeah it's it is it's just about embracing those little um those little details yeah yeah have you have you ever had any uh any mentors throughout your career um no i haven't no, no. so no one's ever taught you taught you Bits and pieces, uh, even, well, even, even computer stuff. Or well, anything. no, I mean that's the thing. Like, um, like obviously, you you pick little things up from people, you know. Like, pretty much, at the beginning when I was painting walls, people would always, you know, show me little tricks, little bits and pieces that you can do, you know, like holding the can in a certain way or cutting back in a certain way or things like that. But you know, I've never, I've never really worked that closely with somebody, um, who you know who's at you know who's who's actually sort of passed on any kind of skills to me as such yeah you know so so not really i mean obviously in passing you'll always help people out and they'll always help you out so there'll there'll be bits and pieces over the years but there, there's not really anybody that that took me under their wing or anything so to speak so what uh like what made you move to melbourne from london um i i came I came to Melbourne for a holiday to visit Matt Sewell. Yeah. Who's our, like, who we obviously both know. He's a top, top geezer. He was travelling and him and his um, lovely girlfriend, now wife, were uh, over here. Are they married now? Yeah, they're married. Yeah, they're married. They went to the wedding. Yeah. yeah. Big up Matt, big up Jess. Yeah. Um, and and Romy and... Uh, and, the, and, the, and the little ones. All the May. girls, them. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, anyway, they were over here and um, I was fucking... Dude, I was... London was kicking the shit out of me, man. You know what that city's like. Yeah. I'm a Londoner, man. I born know. and bred, but it is... That place is hard work. It'll kick you when you're down. And I over, like, that period that we were just talking about, like, the, the glory years, like, I was depressed, dude. Like, I was depressed. It was it was bad. Like, I was drinking a lot. It's, it's fucked. Like, um, thinking back about it, you know, like, my life was a bit of a mess. Um... And I remember I got paid for a job and um, and Matt was like, come over to Melbourne for Christmas. And so I did, I just bought a ticket and I, and I came over. And, um, and then I remember 
I went straight away. I like landed, and a couple of days later, I went with Matt and Jess to New Zealand, and um, they went to a wedding, and we drove around for a couple of days. Then they they went to this wedding, and I flew back to Melbourne, and I met you that night. Hmm. Do you remember you came around to the house with a bike? Yeah. And some beers, I think, and then we went bombing, didn't we? And we painted some tram sides. Do you remember? Yeah, the old '96 line. Yeah, yeah, we painted that, and then and I just thought, you know, we were riding bikes around at two in the morning, and it was like twenty four degrees. Yeah. And um, we sat by the uh, the lake and had a few Albert Park Lake and had a few beers. And I just like, thought, I thought like was, a romantic. Yeah, night. mate, it was beautiful. <laughs> and so I came, and so I moved here for you, mate. <laughs> no, but um, no, it was it was amazing, and and I like this. The, the graffiti scene here was incredible. Um, the people are really nice. And I just thought, it's one of those places that I need more time, you know. Mm. And so it took me a few years uh, after that, but um, I moved back over here, and that's it now. Um, I'm here to stay, I reckon. Yeah. I've been here for five years now, so... Jeez. Yeah, and, I, you know, I I'm honestly feel very lucky every day to be here. Yeah. I was surprised that you moved over here because I remember speaking to Matt about it, and he um, and he was just saying how how London you are, and it's like, yeah. oh no, Al's Al's way too too London. <laughs> he'll he'll never leave London. He's yeah, uh, yeah institutionalized. Well, yeah. It, it was kind of it, 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 yeah. It surprised a lot of people. Yeah, because I you know I I was very fucking London. I mean, I reckon between like like seriously, I reckon between like sort of two thousand and two and two thousand and ten. Um, if there was a party in East London, I was at it. Mm. Like, especially if there was a free bar, like yeah. I would have been there. You know, you know how it was. Yeah. yeah. And it was just it, that is just that's not a sustainable lifestyle, man. No. And you know, like my, I always painted like depressed-looking, droopy-eyed characters with a really morbid palette. You know. Yeah. And and you know that was my way of dealing with it, man. Like I, it was like, it, you know, I I almost made a joke of it. I made a parody of it. Yeah. But for real, like there were days when I actually just couldn't even get out of bed. Yeah, you know, it was it was fucked up, man. And so, um, yeah, like moving moving to Melbourne, it just honestly gave me like a new lease of of life. You know, I moved over with my missus, like she's English as well. Um, I went, you know, I told her I really wanted to go back to Melbourne, and she was like, "Okay, cool, we'll do it for a year." And that was five years ago. We've just we just never went back. Mm. But it's it's. It's just so much better quality of life over here for me. You yeah. know, like it's life's easier, people are nicer, you can get shit done. Um, it's good, it really feels like home now. Yeah. Not this in London, London rules too. Uh like look, dude, I've got two I've got two homes. It is yeah. it is it's an amazing place when 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 you're on top. Yeah. But as yeah. soon as soon as it will just really kick you when you're down, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And it, it, it yeah, and yeah, that you know there are those times when like you're on the bus going over Waterloo Bridge and the sun's setting, and you just think this is the most beautiful city in the world. Yeah. But then there's the other ninety nine percent of the time, <laughs> when you're paying fucking six hundred pounds a minute rent in some shit flat in fucking you and, and I've got friends that are getting priced into like areas of London that I've never even heard of, you know, and it's just it's just impossible now. It's just. I don't know how you can be an artist in 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 London at the moment. Like yeah. how? Like all the like they're knocking down all the studios. Like it's just got to be so difficult. And even you know my friends there that are successful artists, you know that are doing really well, they're struggling. 
Yeah. Because they're all getting kicked out of their studios. Like it's just it's just so difficult, dude. Mm. So yeah, I don't know. It was it was um it was a really easy decision to leave. Yeah. And a really easy decision not to go back. Yeah. So were you, were you living off yard in London? For a little bit. Yeah. Uh, there were, for a couple of years, uh, I, I, I survived off doing that, off doing commercial jobs mm. and through like selling screen prints and, and stuff like that. And it sucked, dude. It was, I was broke all the time. All the time. I was eating shit food. You know, I'd sell a print and I would go straight into my PayPal account, transfer the money out and then go and like buy bread, you know, from Tesco's. It was, it was like, you know, you can romanticise about it all you like. It sucked, dude. Like, it, you know, I, like eventually I'd love to make a living, you know, selling paintings for like good money. That would be a dream come true. But back then I, I wasn't doing that. It was serious hand-to-mouth living. And that's fine when there's five of you living in a, a, a basement flat in, in you know, uh, Dalston, which is what we were doing. And it was great. But... I couldn't do it again now, not not for that money. Yeah. So you're not doing it these days? No, man, I've got a day job. Yeah. You're happy with that? It's nice to, it's it's actually, just going back to Roan briefly, like he, uh, I heard he, he said on your podcast a couple of weeks ago, one of the pieces of advice he'd give to, you know, up and coming artists, get a day job. And he's absolutely right. It really, really helps. You know, I've got a job that is okay. And I, uh, and, and I work with, I work with nice people. Um, you know, doing something that's interesting, and um, and that really helps because it keeps the wolf from the door. It stops me having to commercialise my work. You know, back when I was in London, I was doing a lot of stuff that was I wasn't necessarily happy with, like fucking how many like pop art prints of Marilyn Monroe with droopy eyes can you possibly do? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like but doing all those sort of things just because they had to sell. You know, and and you know, it was just it sort of broke my heart a little bit, and it was it never really, it was never really the right fit for me. It never quite worked. Yeah. But now I feel like um, you know, because I make my living doing something else, um, you know, I, I can really make my art how I want to make it. Yeah. And I'm really lucky that people like it, you know, and it is selling, which is fantastic. But um, but yeah, I don't think I'd have that confidence within my work if I didn't have a safety net of a day job yeah so it's been really good to me that's good so you you are you happy with your um the output you're getting out of your artwork as well yeah man yeah because like I found that there's times when I've done the same I've gone oh that's it I'm gonna live off my artwork and spend every day in the studio and I spend um yeah, like four out of five days of the week, I'm stressing trying to work out how to get some money. Dude, in the door. but it's true. <laughs> and then, and then one day I'm like painting and I'm trying to paint something that I'm, 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 I, that I've already sold. So I'm yeah. thinking, oh, this was popular. I'll yeah, exactly, like exactly. This. And and look, and you know, and that's all good if if it's working for you. Yeah. But if it's not, then it then it really sucks because yeah. you're just there thinking, well, I'm going to paint this because it's going to sell. Yeah but I'm not really enjoying it mm. and my heart's not really in it and then you think well what the fuck's the point yeah you know and it's like uh, there's got to be like a I don't really want there to be any compromise at all yeah like within yeah. my work you know yeah and, and and like right now like there's hardly any you know mm. um, because I'm making paintings that I think are quite funny and good mm. and um, and you know they're not flying off the walls but you know it's starting to get somewhere which is really good yeah 
Yeah, because that's like that's one of the the reasons I've been speaking to everyone with this podcast is uh, every you know you're the first person I've spoken to that's had a day job and, and an art career. There may have been one other, but um or, or maybe two. <laughs> yeah, but uh, but it, it's just interesting because I'm trying to unlock the secrets to to how people make a living off their art because I'm I'm like you I've tried yeah and uh, but mind you I, I tried in a foreign country as well yeah and it was and it was bloody tough but and, I'm doing it in a foreign country yeah I guess so yeah but and it's bloody tough yeah yeah but you but you you're also exhibiting overseas a lot as well yeah yeah you know you're like you're popping up at a uh, you know stolen space gallery a lot and yeah not so much um, stolen space anymore but um yeah. but yeah I, I i do a few international shows a year just just paintings in group shows and stuff mm. quite a bit of stuff in in the states which has been really good yeah uh and you know send some paintings back to like the uk whenever i whenever i can yeah. Um, so yeah, it's it's going well, but but I really feel like um, I've only started gaining all this traction since um, I've you know been working because you know I didn't have a job a, a, a proper job let's call it I didn't have a day job for for many many years you know and um, you know short of selling like a few like shitty Marilyn prints to estate agents in London with massive watches you know there was like. Um, you know like it it's it never really kind of got anywhere and it's yeah. it's only been since that i've been you know happier and more relaxed within my painting that it's starting to move so you know i, I do think there's there's something in that you know yeah so so you got a studio at home don't yeah you? yeah i've got a garage i just paint out my garage yeah, yeah. that must be pretty good like because you know i find i've got a sort of schedule in like nights after work to go to the studio and yeah i mean dude i had a studio when, when i first when i first moved to melbourne i i, I shared a studio but because you got a day job hmm. like it's probably the same as you like by the time you get there everyone's gone home you know and it's dark and um you know and you're, you're there on your own and it's creepy and like it makes hmm. fucking creaking noises and stuff and then by the time you get started and and you know like you just sometimes you're just not in the mood yeah, I it, know what you it, mean. it just didn't work for me, and so and then at the weekend as well, like I'd hardly get to see my girlfriend at all, and like she'd be really angry, and so, you know, I've got a garage in the house that we live in that um, I've just turned into a studio, and it's good because I can just dip in and out, you know, like I'm never far away, so she's not pissed off, and you know if I've got half an hour, like when you know we when she's watching TV or whatever, I can just pop down into the studio and just get an hour in on something you know yeah so it really really works for me it's i i, I think working from home is is definitely i like i've sort of found found what works for me and that's it mm. yeah i've been uh i've been doing studio prep from home okay for instance like at the moment i'm, I'm working on a series of lino prints and i'll um and I'll work on all of them at home because I can do them on the yeah, kitchen right. table. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. But then when it's time to print them, I'll take them to the studio. Yeah, okay, that and works. Because like, that way I'll, I'll, I'll be at the studio working on something and it's like, oh, I could easily be doing this at home. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, I see. Take, take it all home, get it, get it done during the week. And but, then, but don't you feel bad for not being at your studio? No, because I know I'm still working. Yeah, right. That's the main thing. Like, for me, it's like I know I'm, I'm chipping away at, at pieces that are eventually going to end in exhibitions and yeah, okay. stuff like that. So... So I'm I'm fine with it, but I'll still go to the studio like at, at least one weeknight a, a week. Yeah, yeah. You know, and then at the weekends, are you there as well? At the weekends, I'll go. Like I've stopped sort of um, catching up with guys to go painting on a Sunday, and more like get a couple of beers and go to the studio yeah, on a yeah, Sunday yeah, afternoon. Cool. And 
That, um, the, the one thing that I do miss is exactly that, man. Like, it's it's really good to have, like, a nice little community vibe mm. and, like, mm. and have some people to sort of bounce ideas off mm. and stuff. And I, I don't... You know, people people come by, you know, they come by the house and, and you know, I, I show them some work and, and we, we chill out, but it's not it's not as good as actually working with somebody yeah. all the time, you know? Yeah. I think I'd like that. I find I'm lucky enough as well to... to be around most of the people <coughs> I spend time with are creative people. So what I'll do is I'll, um, and if someone's like, oh, let's go to the pub, you know, you end up spending a fortune. And yeah. I'll be like, let's grab some beers, come to the studio, we'll, we'll work, do some collaborations yeah. or something like that. But that's the thing, it's not yeah. really work, is it? No, it's you not. You're just hanging out, and it's it's fun. It's like it's what I what I choose to do. Exactly. That's why you know that's why we're artists. We're not artists because. We're, we're trying to look for money you yeah because we, because we feel feel it's innate within us to to produce artwork it's true yeah. and 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 you know one of the things that i get from my colleagues at work is you know they say how do you find the time you know mm. and i say well you know i'm probably in the in, in my garage for like you know an hour and a half two hours a night and mm. then all weekend and they're like god like you're just working constantly but it's not work no it really isn't you know I, i'd I'd much rather be doing that than sitting watching fucking celebrity dog school or whatever the fuck it is that that my missus is watching. Do you know what I mean? So, so it it really it feels like um feels like the right thing to do. It's yeah. Good. Yeah. So like, so do you have any um like up and coming shows coming up? Yeah, I've got a show uh, in December yeah. in LA um, in a small gallery that my friend started. Um, so that's really, really exciting, man. Like, I've been wanting to do something in the States for a while. Yeah. Uh, and I think there's going to be, like, maybe 10 paintings in that. Yeah. And I've got something else planned as well, like an installation thing. So hopefully we can pull that off. It'll yeah. be good. Well, you've seen, seen how Roan did it, you know. So oh, they, fucking they got hell, something to I go mean, on. That, yeah, shit. That's, <laughs> that, I mean, that's the other thing, isn't it? Like, after seeing that, you're just like, what am I doing, man? No. <laughs> what am I... No, it's, it's different. It's di- completely different, isn't it? As I as I always think with with artists, just do you. You know, hmm. look at what other people are doing and be inspired by it. But really, at the end of the day, do what you feel is is you. You know. Well, it, I mean, it's it's taken me a long time to actually get that in my head, hmm. and and it's it's funny because I don't think there's ever been an interview with an artist where they haven't said just be yourself mm. because that is that is the thing that you can do and nobody else can do isn't it yeah. that is what makes your art unique that's what makes you you unique right and you always hear that and you just think it's cheesy but it is so true you know yeah well if you live in comparison mode you're going to drive yourself absolutely crazy and you're never going to be happy you know and 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 obviously when you're like it i still see stuff all the time like you know you go to the own show and you just see that and you think it's so amazing maybe i need to be more like that i never can be you know and then you look at other painters and you're like you know it's it's great to get inspired and pick up little little bits and pieces of 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 of, of different people you know like but you've got to stay true to what you're actually doing you know you can mm. you can you can learn from people's methods you know and but it's it's got to be you. Otherwise, yeah. otherwise you're you're just you're just kidding yourself. It it won't work. Yeah. So with you and like it, like the masks 
that you're doing these days? Like, where did all that idea come from? Dude, uh, I went to, um, there's a gallery, there's a museum in London called the Horniman Museum, right? Which is in Forest Hill. And, uh, and it's like a collection of art that was owned by this rich family. They travelled the world and, uh, and bought stuff from all over and stole it or whatever, like, bought it all back. And, and, and it's on display and I saw a bunch of um, like witch doctor masks right and I think they were from um, there were some from Papua New Guinea there were some from uh, Africa these masks called bois masks right and I just thought they're fucking incredible because you know these things are hundreds of years old you know and yet they they look current almost in their expressions, you know, like mm. the simplest, how can you, how can you give something character with the smallest amount of detail and, and line work? I always thought that was interesting how, you know, just, just a different eye shape can change something from being happy or sad, just putting the eyes up to the top of the head or lower down. You know, do you know what I mean? Yeah, like it, was, it was always interesting. Like when I used to draw cartoons, I'd always look at that and, and the same sort of thing happened with these masks. I just thought, fuck, like, you know, they're so timeless, you know, in their style. But at the same time, they're so beautifully simple. But yet each one's completely different. So I thought, well, look, I just kind of want to be doing something like that. And, and I also really, I like repetition, you know. I like, um, you know, I've always liked printing. But the same reason I like looking at tags, because... I like seeing the same thing over and over again and seeing tiny differences. And so I thought, okay, like if I could keep something consistent, like the eye shape, you know, I just roll that through all the work and, 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 and there's, there's your consistent thing running all the way through, just stripping it all down. So I just thought, okay, I'm going to start making some stuff similar to that, but bring it up to speed with like modern colors and, and modern methods, you know, and, you know, I love making collages because um, they're fast, you know, and I'm, I'm you know, like I, I, I get bored really quickly and I don't want to spend ages doing on something. So, so the collages that I make, they're almost like my sketches, you know, I don't have a sketchbook. I just rip stuff out of paper and move it all around until it makes a face. And then when it does, I glue it all down and it's done. And so they're like, it's quite a quick process. Mm -hmm. And then, and then the best ones that come out of that, I, I paint mm -hmm. um, and I'd literally just scale them up and paint them and, and, and change them a little bit and, and they're done. But, um, so yeah, it literally came from that. It, it came from me sort of finding something that I just decided I wanted to own. And also, um, getting a bit more abstract, you know, getting a bit more loose mm. and, and, and enjoying the experience of painting rather than stressing over how neat my lines were all the time and cutting back and, and you know, getting stressed. And it's, it's mad, you know, I, I found like when I was painting a wall, um, you know, you're painting a giant thing, but yet what you're actually focusing on is something that's about 10 inches square, you know, and you're, and you're just hunched up and stressing over like, you know, fuck, that line's just not quite, like, cut that back, cut that back, oh fuck, now I've got to redo that bit. And it was just like going on and on and on. And so now, I'm doing something that's completely opposite, you know, and it's yeah. almost, there's something about the way that my hand moves when I'm tearing the paper uh, and the way that when I drop stuff down, like it, it's got to look really easy. Yeah, yeah. Do, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, it, but it actually, it's actually quite hard to get it looking effortless. Yeah. It, it's, it takes a lot of effort to make it look effortless, if you know what I mean. I know what you mean. Um, well, I think the effort comes from like relaxation and, 
and confidence. Yeah, I mean, and, 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 and when you're going in to do artwork, it's it's quite hard to have that because yeah, it's so hung up on the outcome. Well, uh, well, I'm I'm really lucky in that like I've got my process completely down now. You know, mm. the, the, it's it's a two step process. The first is make the collages, mm. and the second is paint them. Yeah, and it, and it's that simple. And so, uh, you know, I always know like where I am like within the process. I've got like a f- I've always got a few of the collages on the go at any one time. And sometimes, like, again, having the studio at home means that, like, I can come home from work and make dinner, whatever, and then, uh, and then I just come down and I just look at the stuff that I did from yesterday and I might just move something and it's better. And then I take a photo of it on my phone and then the next day, like, when I'm at work, I just look at it every so often and just think, oh, yeah, maybe that, you know, I think that's done now. And then I glue it all down and it's finished. But it's funny, like, because... You know they're on the floor, like you know, people like like people are walking on them. You know, like when they're 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 just all over the place. They just look like a real piece of shit. But then once you put it in a frame, they look really nice. And that I quite like the idea that they do look like they've sort of been found a little bit. You know, there's something there's something quite playful in them um, that I really like. Yeah, because it was. At- at my studio, there's a guy um, who's got two of your pieces. Oh, they're hang- hanging up at the studio. Oh, yeah, you see Sol. Them. Yeah, so yeah. you see them as soon as you walk in the door, and um, there's like art hanging everywhere in there, and and you know it's there's a lot to take in, but your two pieces look like they really stand out, Wicked, and they dude. look really professional as dude, well. Oh, that's uh, so good, man. And I'm, I'm glad remember, people think that. Yeah, and I remember walking in just going. Shit, I gotta get some art off Al. Yeah, okay. let's do a swap, man. We'll yeah. do a swap. Yeah, no worries. But 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 I mean, it's amazing what good framing can do, right? You know, you yeah. like like Lee that does all my framing. Like he like, it, I will pick I will pick a mask up off the floor, you know. But once it's in a beautiful box frame, like it looks like it's supposed to be be there. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And it it, it really it really sets it off. Yeah. But yeah, it's good, man. Like everything's super bold, you know, and, and fun, mm. and and I think. Um, because it's so simple and almost so crude, I think that a lot of people can, um, you know, they're interested in that, you mm. know, because you see it at first and you just think, what's this piece of shit? Like oh, anyone could do that. And then when you look at it again, you're like, oh man, like, you know, it's got real charm to the fact that it's, it's simple and, and accessible. Mm. And I really, really like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's no, good. So, um, I've got a new question. I'm going to start asking all my guests. Okay. Um, I was I was I was on a freelance gig the other day. Yeah. And, uh, met some guy and he'd been uh, listening to the podcast. Yeah. Hey Steve. And uh, and and he he said, oh, why don't you ask people that um, who they'd love to have a uh, a talk on a bench with? Wow. So um, so so Al, who'd you like to um, if you know, living or dead, whatever. Oh, it's, it's a bit of an on the spot. Uh... Or who would you like to hear on the show? Yeah. Uh, dude, I don't know. Um, I mean, there are lo- there are loads of artists who who um, who I'm interested in. Like, I'd love to I'd love to hear I'd love to really talk to to Barry McGee. Yeah. You know, because he I think he's a massive inspiration to everybody. Yeah. Um, and his work is super di- like he's done so much different stuff. It's super diverse, and he never likes talking about it. And so. And so I think it'd be really interesting to just hear some of his stories and hear hear some things that he's got to say for himself. I think that'd be pretty cool. Yeah. Cool. 
Uh, what was the other question? Was that was that a double question? Or was no, 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 oh, that was it. That was it. Oh, who else would you want to hear on the podcast? I don't know. Man. Yeah, well, that's that's yeah, that's the same answer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so do you have any like uh, like dream goal that you're aiming for, like with with your art and? Uh, look, I'm really I'm really happy with the way that it's going at the moment. You know, I'm making I'm making work that I really like, and um, and other people are seeming to be interested in it as well. So that's good. Um, you know. Just, just keep going with it, really, dude. That, that, that's what I'd like, you know. Like, if, I, if I can, if I can keep it going, if I can keep moving, I'll be really happy. Mm. If you think back to that, that L that I met in two thousand and one. Yeah. Like, like, what advice would you, you give your younger self? I'd say, um, I'd say, stay focused. I'd say, not, don't drink so much, and I'd say, set yourself small achievable goals. Mm chip away at things one step at a time. And this is the same advice that I'd give to any artist. Yeah. I'd say, start small. Don't freak out by looking at the bigger picture. Don't go to Roan's show and go, this is fucking an impossible thing that I'll never ever be able to do. Start small, start by doing a painting. Mm. Then put that painting in a cafe down the road. And then try and get it and then you know keep making paintings look at other artists and I just think that I, I would I would just always get freaked out by everything you know, I'd just always looking at the bigger picture and, and just thinking this is impossible yeah but it's not it, it's not impossible it's totally possible you've just got to like um, handle things one step at a time you know yeah and set yourself goals that you know you can achieve and that makes you feel good and that gets you on to the next thing you know rather than setting yourself up for failure the whole time Set yourself up so you can get easy wins, man. And that will keep you going. Because I think it was like Steve Jobs that said it, but it's like people um, uh, under like overestimate what they can get done in a year, but they underestimate what they can get done in three years. Right. Wait a minute. Yeah. So hold on. In, in a year, you overestimate yeah. how much you think you can get done. So you get to the end of the year and it's like, shit, I didn't get, like, I only got halfway yeah, right. through that. But then they never think of, like, a three-year plan of, like, yeah. all right, well, in three years, you know, you'd be surprised how much you can get done. I mean, I, I, th I think you just need to have, like, a two-month plan. Yeah. You know, like, I think that's an even easier way of doing it and thinking, yeah. okay, what am I going to do this month? Like, I'm going to do a paint In the next two months, I want to do, like, a painting. Mm. all right cool I've done that mm. all right you know next month I'm gonna like maybe at the end of the year I'm gonna do a show mm. that's like in six months time all right and then you get that done and and and, and you just I, I'd, I'd go even more bite-sized than that man I, I think I think a year's or three years too long yeah well I've, I've been breaking my my stuff down because I I, I have the, this big to-do list mm. and some of the things are like you know like a a year away but I've got them all in my head, right? And they're on this big to-do list within my head, and it, it gives me anxiety and drives yeah, it me does, crazy. Dude. So I have to break it all down and go, all right. So what should I be focusing on right now? Like, don't worry about that thing as a year down the track. Like, it's, like it's, it's what worry about. It's, it's it's so I have to like you know, every month I sit down and 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 break it all down and go, all right, and and break it down into weeks almost, like don't even think about that this week because it's got nothing to do with this week. And, yeah, of course. You know. Yeah, yeah. See, it, it helps me live. <laughs> like, like some people really love lists, but I just find them really intimidating. Yeah, you know, like e even a shopping list freaks me out. Um, but, <laughs> but it's like you know, I mean, there is something nice about crossing something off a list. Yeah. But everything else about lists, I, f I fucking hate. Yeah. So yeah. I try and avoid them. Yeah. 
Well, um, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> fuck it. Um, <laughs> so where, where's the where's the best place to uh to see your work online? On my Instagram, I reckon. I, I've got a website, but I don't really know how to update it anymore. And I haven't <laughs> updated it in years. Sound like you. Well, this is it, man. This is my whole trying to move away from computers thing, you know? Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, m- most of my stuff is happening on Instagram, which is just Instagram slash Mysterious Al. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, I mean, that I'm updating that more regularly than anything else with little bits and pieces of stuff. So check that out. Cool. Everyone seems to say the same thing when I ask them. I mean, it's just fucking... Instagram is what's making it all easy, isn't it? It is. I mean, this is... this is like goes back to what we were saying earlier about um, not needing galleries anymore, you Mm. know? Like, it used to be that you'd have to do a show at a gallery and that gallery would have a list of people that they'd... But now you can can just get your own following, you know, no matter how big or small. You know, if you've got 50 people following you but they all love your work, that's great, isn't it? Yeah. You know? So, um, so yeah, it's really shifted the power, man. I, re- I really think it has. It has. You know, you've got like, a real captive audience and there's a lot of potential there, man. There is. I've sold a fair few paintings off Instagram. Dude, me too. Yeah. Me too. Like, so you just post it up and go, oh, I've got something to post, I'll put it up and then straight away there's a DM and yeah, like, hey, how much? It's like, oh, all right. Yeah. It's great, <laughs> it's like, isn't it? It's yeah. really, really good. Yeah. So, I mean, I think it's a powerful tool, man. I yeah. think um, it's great. Yeah, no commission either. No commission, not yet. <laughs> They're probably working on that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fuckers. All right, well, it's been, uh, it's been great to sit down with you. Thank you, dude. Really enjoyed it. All right, it's good to catch up and we have a beer. another one of these beers as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Nice one. All right, thanks. For more info on today's artist, uh, go to benchtalkpodcast.com. There you can listen to previous episodes and also see images from the artist that's been interviewed. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. That way you can get the podcast delivered to your phone uh, automatically every week when an episode comes out. Uh, While you're there, it'd be great if you could uh, rate and review the podcast. That way uh, we'll get noticed by more people and have more people listening to it. You can also keep up to date with what's going on with the podcast on Instagram, uh, bench underscore talk. Uh, Also streaming now on Facebook and SoundCloud. I hope you enjoyed this episode and don't forget to tune in next week. Thanks.